Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello there, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. Seems like um, having a little uh, musical difficulty here, but uh, pretty much today, interview is with Bill Blair. And if you might not be familiar with the name, uh, maybe it doesn't pop up right to your head. But if you see the faces of this man, I'm sure that at least one of us in this uh, seven billion uh, people world have uh, will recognize him. He is the alien actor. Um, Bill has been acting in these roles for the past 30 years. He goes back to um, 84, according to IMDb. I might be wrong. But uh, pretty much Bill has done everything, I think. Or I, I think I know. Well, <laughs> you know, and um, I, I'd like to know more about somebody that does this because like I mentioned, um, when you look at his face, maybe you'll be like, oh, well, well, who's this man here? But when when you look at the faces that he's portrayed and, and, and the characters that we might know, um, you know, in, in the alien world, I should say, um, I, I'm sure that one of us in this world might know him. So without further ado, I'm going to have um, Bill live on the air, the alien actor. Uh, hello, Bill. How are you? Hello there. There we are. Hello. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> like I like I mentioned, Bill, you you've been doing this for the past thirty years, according to IMDb. Is, is that about right in your book as well? Well, yeah. I I entered the film and TV acting world back in eighty three, eighty four. The first things that I did aired in eighty four. Uh, but my actual alien and monster creature career as such didn't really start until uh, the late 80s, early 90s. In the, in the early 80s, I was still, you know, pretty much just human. Okay, <laughs> it's just human. <laughs> so uh, what was it about, have you always been a sci-fi fan? Um, is that why you kind of lean towards that way? Or did the well, opportunity just arise? Mm-hmm. It, it was a combination of both. Um, of course, I loved Star Trek growing up in the 60s. And, you know, Halloween and, and drama and characters were always a lot of fun. Uh, but the opportunity presented itself when I was working on the movie Demolition Man in the early 90s. And a makeup artist basically discovered, you know, what I looked like and uh, liked the architectural uh, structure, bone structure of my face and they were looking for somebody to use as a teaching subject and selected me uh, out of a bunch of other people. And next thing I know from there, I'm literally getting direct phone calls to come and work on things like Alien Nation and Babylon 5 and just, you know, that's how the history started. 
you know, one thing led to another, a lot of word of mouth. And uh, it's a small community all the way around, not just Hollywood, but even with, you know, Gup and Wardrobe and here and people talk. And fortunately, my name got around, and I'm very thankful for that. Well, I mean, like I was mentioning before, you when I said, you know, Bill Blair, and then I saw the alien actor, I was like, okay, let me search this man up a little more. And, and after reviewing all your faces, I've seen you. <laughs> So many times without even knowing it. So, and I'm sure so many people have. Um, you know, so so you kind of have uh, somewhat of an advantage in in this industry because uh, your your face itself it's 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 always hidden, or most of the time it is. So, how is it how is it living um, in in that borderline where you're an accomplished actor, but you're behind the mask uh, for for most of most of the time. It's it's quite different from most mainstream actors for sure. That you know I can go out in public, uh, go to the store, walk down Hollywood Boulevard, and there's barely a head that turns to recognize who I am. It was an interesting story though at Disney World many many years ago. Uh, my brother and I were on vacation down there, and I was standing in line at one of the rides, and lo and behold, one of the cast members recognized me from Babylon 5 and came up and started talking to me. And, of course, there's all sorts of people behind us in the line waiting for the ride, and part of that group was a lovely little gaggle of teenage girls from a church group of some sort and each one of them had a camera and apparently the first time they'd ever been someplace where there was somewhat of a celebrity in their midst (laughs) and of course my brother became the one-man entourage as I posed for pictures with every one of those girls with a camera (laughs) and the poor cast member just thought oh my no I'm going to get fired this is why they tell us to leave these people alone and we assured him, no, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. I'm not, you know, this doesn't happen that often. And I was, I was actually enjoying part of it. And uh, we went on the ride and came out. And we came out of the ride, and it was just like nothing had ever happened. Nobody was waiting. There was a big throng of people who'd gotten word and crowded around. Um, unlike when I did the, the Guinness World Record presentation ceremony here in Hollywood on the boulevard at the museum. Um, the, just from the activity alone going on in front of the museum that day in preparation, crowds and crowds of people were just gathering to see what was going on. We were pulling up in this big, long stretch limo. People were wondering who was inside the limo, what was going on. It was a great mystery. And, of course, when I showed up, I'm in makeup. And Mm -hmm. nobody sees my face yet. And it even brought more people around. And, you know, tourists and cameras and everything else. So it's it's a real mixed bag, you know, because sometimes people love to see this type of thing in makeup. But other times, I, I said, I can walk around and nobody knows who I am. I don't have the cameras in my face. People following my every move, you know. What what do I really look like? So there's a there's a nice bit of anonymity going on in my career, but at the same time, of course, I'm not a big marquee name, so I don't I don't command those millions of dollars on any shows I'm on. <laughs> Definitely, but but I I feel that um that what you do is very important, obviously, um, then not only for you know 
your career or the roles that you play, but also for the sci-fi world. I, I mean, there's like you mentioned, I guess there's very few people that can pull off the certain facial structure that it takes to be a successful alien actor. <laughs> so uh, the fact that you you kind of just took your career by whole and, and, and you know, towards that path, um, I find it very interesting. And like we, you, you just finished mentioning it, it has somewhat of its advantages. Yeah, yeah, and, and and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, you're right. There's not. It's not just a matter of facial structure, or the bone structure that all this latex glues onto and and can change and morph into any race, any monster character. Uh, but there is that part too that you have to have the willingness and the personality to sit for hours in a chair while this is applied to you, and the, some of the wardrobe that you have to wear that. You can get pretty uncomfortable after a while, um, and if it's a show that doesn't have a lot of experience, and mm-hmm. you get into this costume, and they forget that oh, what happens when they drink water, and they've forgotten that you need a half hour to get out of this before you uh, <laughs> take that break. You know that can that can be a minor problem for production, but they get the hang of it real quick. And some people, you know, in the industry, they you know they do consult with some of us and say, you know, what's going to make this easier for you and, and better for us all around? Um, and when I, was, when I got called to work on the movie Argo uh, was because a person in wardrobe actually knew that I could handle this type of stuff, that I could put a helmet on my head, that I'm going to, you know, be very hot, it's going to be very claustrophobic, and I don't suffer from any of that. And that after a few hours, I'm not going to be begging to get out of this and go home type of a thing. You know, I can be in it for 12 to 15 hours and still be that same uh, character and actor I was, you know, from when I first put it on in the morning. And the productions, you know, in the uh, studios, this is the type of personality that they want wearing these things. And I'm just very fortunate, again, that, that this has been something that fits my personality I keep telling people, yeah, I started training for this type of thing when I was a child on Saturday mornings watching cartoons and not moving for hours. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's, what's the longest that you've been, uh, that you've been sitting down at, uh, at the makeup artist chair getting your, your latex on your face? <laughs> well, the, the actual time that we spend doing the makeup and the hair and, and that portion uh, varies a lot. It, it can be anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour to four or five hours, you know, before we're ready to actually get into the wardrobe. Um, I typically let them know to budget, you know, at least two and a half to three hours for any makeup, just the, from the time that I sit down in the chair to where, you know, probably, you know, they're going to have a makeup artist that can get this all put on and I'm ready to get into wardrobe and I'm in front of the camera ready to go for them. So that's basically two and a half to three hours. The longest I ever did was my favorite uh, makeup of all time, really, uh, in character, which was playing Frankenstein's monster. That was five and a half hours from sitting down in the chair to be ready to go in front of the camera. So about the time I was getting done, everybody else was ready to go to lunch but I definitely don't hold the record for that. Uh, people like Jim Carrey for the uh, Grinch and um, other actors that have done major full prosthetics from head to toe, 
they've been in makeup anywhere from eight to ten hours in the early stages until they perfected the process just to get them ready to go. So, you know, they'd go out and they'd shoot for a couple of hours. Then they'd have to start getting them cleaned up so they could go home and at least get a few hours of sleep before they start the whole process the next day. So I, I feel for those guys that have, have done, you know, full body things. I did a prototype for the movie Batman and Robin. It took 10 hours just to develop the character, plaster cast my whole body, and create a double of me over the next two weeks. Wow. So um, what has been, I, I should say, maybe one of the most uncomfortable suits that in, that you remember wearing? I know it's been a lot, but <laughs> which one pops to your head first? The most uncomfortable the most, suit you've ever worn. <laughs> the most uncomfortable time in makeup, costuming, and on a set would have been when we shot a little uh, short film for what was called the Borg Invasion 4D, it became part of the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas at the old Hilton on Paradise. Um, Mm -hmm. When we were shooting that, we were on a stage here in Los Angeles. Those two, four hours or more to get ready and be camera ready. It is full latex bodysuit, all the makeup, all the stuff glued to you, and then the stage we were working on because of all the steam, all the smoke and everything else and the light. We had a thermometer on set the one day or two that I was there. The stage floor was reading 105 degrees. Oh, my God. And wow. we were and we were also inside these full latex suits. When we broke at lunch, we took the suits off. We literally, each one of us that were doing this, were standing in a pool of sweat inside of our costumes in our feet. It was very, wow. very disgusting. <laughs> it was very disgusting. <laughs> it was disgusting to, to, you know, and we tried to dry out what we could during lunch hour, but, you you know, you had mm-hmm. to powder down just to slide back into these suits. They're so very, very tight. But that's what makes them look so good on camera because you really believe that this is the creature's, you know, character own skin. This is not some bodysuit just pulled over the human form. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, out of you, you've done so many roles, uh, so many faces, so many different uh, suits, like we just mentioned. Out of all mm-hmm. of these aliens, and um, it, you, you mentioned something quite interesting in the beginning of the interview when I asked you. You said uh, aliens. It's just, I guess, like the human race. The way the way you mentioned it seems like race. And you know where the alien is from. Like you have all this knowledge that uh, that comes with the years of experience and and so forth. You know, out of all these aliens that you've played, which one or you know what world has been your most favorite? Or what race um, I should say, has been your most favorite? I was gonna, yeah, <laughs> I would say from Babylon Five because as personally myself, I'm a quiet, and this is not a lot of news to some people, but mm-hmm. as a person, I'm a bit on the quiet side. I'm not gregarious. I'm not uh, aggressive or forceful, um, boisterous, you know, which al- people see a lot of aliens as these, you know, like the Klingons and the Cardassians, these aggressive races. And even on Babylon mm-hmm. 5 at times, the Narn was an aggressive race. Um, I probably identified most with the Minbari 
from Babylon 5, a more peaceful, religious, uh, worker caste type of race personality, nonviolent, but, you know, you cross us and we will take you out, you know, <laughs> but violence <laughs> is the absolute last resort with that race. I love the peacefulness of that personality, uh, the body language, the posture that went with that race. Very, very uh, important as my own personality goes in life. Um, however, as far as the makeups go, I still love the, the Klingons on Star Trek because I love how no matter in the Star Trek worlds, when you say Klingon, despite the evolution of their look over the years from the original series to Deep Space Nine and Voyager and even in the um, in the features, in the movies, people know what a Klingon is. They know what they stand for and they know what their personality is. It's not about the visual appearance of them. And that's what really comes to part in playing the roles of these different races is understanding where these aliens and these monsters come from, what the writers and the storyline depicts these people as, and as an actor being able to sell that through all the latex and the wardrobe and everything else um, that has to be an extension of my own self. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely, I mean, and I guess what, what would you consider them one of the most important things of uh, portraying these characters is, um, I guess your your body language, uh, your body overall, since you can't. It's yes. Kind of difficult yes. To, the, right. The, okay. Definitely, that the body itself, when playing these characters, uh, becomes part of the actor's instrument. Um, it's not just the voice, it's not just the eyes, but the the, the whole. Uh, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but the the atmosphere you just create by your body language uh, along with your voice. I mean, if you have the wrong posture and a very aggressive voice, it just doesn't match up. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie Argo, I'm I'm literally playing a robot with the big blue eyes. And I have to have a robotic, futuristic posture, you know, standing mm-hmm. up straight, having the right motions, you know, I don't have the human limbs. And then my voice, you know, has to be, I have to make it sound synthesized. I can't, I can't be talking like some high schooler. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it, 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 it all plays, it all plays that same way. Um, you know, so it's, it's a total package. It's not just what you hear, but it's what you see. And I have to bring that to life through all of the stuff that I'm wearing that's glued onto my face, the wardrobe, you know, whether it's fur, if it's latex, plastic, vinyl, suede, whatever they decide to make this costume out of. All right. So we've we really gotten into detail about, um, I guess, the alien actor aspect of life, of your, of, you know, of your life and your career. But, um, you know, you also do the regular roles. Uh, that, as You know, uh, you've been kind of featured on Mistresses, you know, TV series. Um, there's also a couple productions that are... That are um, here on your IMDb that says that they're currently in production. Would you like to mention those as well? Well, the one that's uh, currently, uh, it's actually was, it's for some reason, it's I'm not sure which one you're speaking of, but there's one that was called um, Nightcrawler that mm-hmm. is actually in theaters now. It was in limited release of which I uh, I play a, a control room switcher in basically a TV broadcast studio. And yes, it's it's all just about me and my face. Uh, the real me is there. 
no alien makeup, no monster or anything this time. Uh, and then, of course, there is a, uh, something that is still in pre-production uh, called Mangled Angels, um, where I'm going to be playing basically the chief of security. And again, I'll have to have a totally different posture and attitude for that, um, apart from these other things that I do. Um, just recently out, uh, the movie Wish I Was Here. Again, pe- people wouldn't know, but because I was in totally a robot uh, cosplay type of character. Um, and But very visible on screen, but... I, you know, most people said, where were you? And I, I told them the character, they said, oh, really? I think I go back and watch again. Because <laughs> they missed you the first time through. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, mistresses, you know, I play, all, and again, probably, as I said, relating to the Minbari and the religious side of priests and clergymen an awful lot, going clear back to the days of Arliss, when I played a, a, a funeral graveside uh, priest leading a funeral, mm-hmm. and then in uh, Pretty Little Liars, I'm playing another graveside priest uh, minister uh, in a show, uh, and here I was on mistresses as a uh, as a priest in a church leading a congregation in in prayer. Um, so certain typecasts do happen in our industry. There's a you know if a particular director or, or uh, production company has seen you as this particular character before and they say wow he was really good at that you know we should have him um in our show doing that because he's very believable and so you know this is again how people cast sometimes and it's great i you know i would love you know anybody that you know has a a clergy type role in their in their production it's just like give me a call you know i can do this people have seen me do this people um relate to me in this type of a role, so I'm happy to do that anytime. Uh, playing the teacher, playing the dad, um, I don't want to say grandfather just yet, I'm getting up there, but not just yet. Uh, uh, so those things, you know, that are coming up and, and more down the road. Uh, just worked recently on, a, on an episode of uh, Two Broke Girls. Um, I can't talk too much about that because it's still, of course, in post-production. It won't be uh, aired for another month or so. Um, but always, okay. always new productions in the works, and of course, looking forward to meeting the fans uh, around the country and around the world when I appear at uh, at their local conventions um, for both sci-fi as well as fantasy horror and other, um, you know, just whatever genre they're they're into, uh, where they want somebody to come out and say, "Hey, how are you? It's nice to meet you." Because Unlike theater, we don't get to see the the audience after the show. I have to, you know, I get to go and, and meet them in person in their hometown, which is is great. And I I thank all the fans for watching any of the shows that I'm on because without them, I wouldn't have such a great job. Of course, and so successful at that. You um, we we kind of dove into your acting career at first, but your first interest in this uh, entertainment industry, I should say, uh, was music. It began back yes. in college. Do you oh, my, my, music? my music career my music career actually started clear back in high school. You know, oh, um, school. coming out of high school the garage bands and you know, playing the, the you know, the high school dances and everything. But it, I got serious with it after college and um I was fortunate enough to, to play with a couple of national recording groups, one called the Classics Four and another called Climax. And I got to tour around the country, and it was in 1982 that 
due to circumstances somewhat beyond my control with auto accidents and and illnesses that um, doctors and everybody said it'd probably be a good idea if I stayed off the road for a while. And I still wanted to be in entertainment, and uh, music was was just something that was going to have to take a back burner for a while. And so I went into, uh, you know, doing live work, modeling, print jobs with photography. My very first print job in a magazine was nothing but my wrist and hand holding a silver ring. I thought, wow, this is easy. I don't even have to get dressed all the way down. <laughs> so that that actually was kind of fun. And uh, it just uh-huh. uh, it led into the acting world. And my first movie called The Killing Floor, uh, directed by Bill Duke. And uh, a very good friend of mine, not at the time, but got to be good friends with uh, Dennis Farina, who later went on, of course, to many more shows in Law and & Order before we lost him uh, not mm-hmm. too long ago. And... Um, that was beginning my acting career in, in Chicago back in 1982. Wow. So, so um, you know, your interest in music, I'm sure it's still there, you know, somewhat natural to you if, you if it started all the way back in high school. But do you at any point find yourself being still part of this, um, part of the industry with involved in music in some way? Um, I think so at some point in time. After after I actually left playing live music and went during my early days in acting while I was in uh, Texas around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I actually got back into music by being a live entertainer um, DJ for private parties and everything. And I carried that over to being a DJ for a cruise line for a while. And every once in a while on, on TV shows, I still get to you know, go on and, and, and play my music, whether it's solo or part of a, a dance band in the background of a show like The Defenders, where I was part of the live stage band for Frank Sinatra Jr. in a couple of episodes. So music is still part of my life at, at points here and there, but um, it's not a full-time, you know, vocation right now for me. But music is still part of my life at, in in one way or another. Um Okay. That uh, I think, you know, when you're an entertainer, when you're in the entertainment business, um, it, it is part of you. We live it 24 hours a day. There's nothing else we'd rather do in our life than be involved with entertainment, whether it's music, modeling, acting, playing aliens and monsters, whatever it is, I'm a happy person. Okay. I could I could definitely see that in you. Uh, tell us about your your award category in the 23rd annual um, LA Music Awards. What was that? Oh for? It, yeah, last year, mm-hmm. almost a year ago now, in November, I was honored to uh, be the recipient of the Lifetime Achievement for Character Actor by the uh, Film and Music and Entertainment Organization, known basically known as FAME, during the. Um, Los Angeles Music Awards uh, ceremony here in Hollywood at the Avalon Theater. And it was totally unexpected when they approached me earlier that year and said, you know, we'd like to, you know, present you with this award. Would you accept? And I said, yes, how much? Like I was going to have to pay them for something. I mean, lifetime, wait a minute, I've still got a few years to go. I'm not dead yet. Um, my lifetime, my lifetime still hasn't finished happening, but it was such an honor. And, uh, it was, it was a very nice little plaque. It was, um, the, it's literally a Hollywood walk of fame star, um, that 
they have made, especially for these award recipients. It's it's produced and uh, crafted by the same gentleman that does the big stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So um, in some ways, I'm halfway already to getting on the Hollywood Walk of Fame somewhere in my lifetime, I hope, because uh, I've, I've got the small version now. And uh, it's just to be in, in, in the same company as some of the what I consider to be bigger names than myself, with Wink Martindale that day, um, people like uh, David Osborne, who is, you know, he's just a fantastic, he's probably the one of the most accomplished pianists since uh, Clyburn. Uh, he plays for all the presidents uh, for the last decade or so, um, which, you know, was also part of my honor last year in attending um, former President Jimmy Carter's 89th birthday where David Osborne was playing and I was able to make a special presentation to Jimmy Carter um, that was a tie-in to the Argo movie. Um, so all this combined over like a six-week period leading up to the Fame Award. And uh, I've got that you know here in my home and I, I look at it every day and say, okay, I'm getting there. It's been a long time, you know, 30 years in the business, but, you know, I'm still here. I'm not, you know, there's so many people that come and go from this town and uh, whether they give up or it's just too overwhelming or they they change interests, I don't know, but I'm glad I'm still here. And, it, and it's wonderful to have people like you recognize me and invite me onto their show to talk about it. And uh, I, again, you know, I'm just so thrilled that uh, I'm still here being a part of this wonderful industry and that I was lucky enough to find a little niche uh, along the way of all these aliens and monsters that people are recognizing me for now. Well, well, Bill, I'd like to say uh, thank you for that. And I, I'd like to say I'm very honored to have someone like you on my show. So, you know, it, it, it goes both ways. But um, we're reaching kind of uh, the end of our interview here. Before we, we go, though, I do want to point out a couple appearances, uh, events that you have coming up um, in October, uh, one being in um, Ohio called the Unconventional. Um, tell us a little bit about those. Well, unconventional, it's going to be in Piqua, Ohio, first weekend of October. This mm-hmm. is a basically a, a sci-fi, but it's it's a lot of focus on Star Trek and Klingons. And so okay. it's a, they have a sometimes very formal uh, openings, people all dressed up as Klingons and character from Star Trek, and it's it's really a lot of fun. It's a it's a smaller intimate convention where people interact a lot, but but they do a lot of good, too. And at this particular convention, we will be doing a live makeup demonstration where the fans and all the people around that attend this can see how I go from human to some form of alien and then back to human again and how we do that safely so that I can do it again tomorrow. That's a real interesting program that people might want to come out and see. Uh, and like I said, that's that's the first weekend of October. And then a couple of weeks later, I will be down in North Carolina at, at Big Mac Daddy's for a one-day event uh, where people can come out and talk to me, get autographs, and, um, and again, you know, see some of the characters that I've done in photographs. We will not be doing the makeup demonstration there, but it's going to be a great time. I've never been to this part of North Carolina before, and 
I'm looking forward to making a lot of new friends and um, and talking about you know my history and telling some of the stories um, and answering all their questions. Perfect. And uh, you have one last one uh, in Germany, November. In that's, November, that's... I will be traveling to Recklinghausen, Germany, um, mm-hmm. for what's called the Dark Side of Daedalus. And it's a very broad spectrum sci-fi, fantasy, and horror convention that they have over there. Again, uh, meeting the fans. I tell you that Germany has some of the best fans from around the world. There are great fans everywhere. But I'll tell you, there's just a little something extra that these fans in Germany come out with. Um, And I'm glad pretty much everybody in Germany speaks English because my German is really got a boat over there. <laughs> it is so bad. Uh, but nonetheless, it's it's a great group of people. I'm, I was over there to this uh, this organization about, I want to say around six or seven years ago, and they're having me back for the second time. I've got a lot of people coming out to see me for the third or fourth time. Uh, it's going to be great. And then also, not on my schedule officially, I can let your your listeners know, I'm going back to Germany in December for another event in Mannheim. So if you can't make Recklinghausen, make sure to watch my website, alienactor.com, for my upcoming appearances. Watch for the one in Mannheim in December. Get your tickets for that. It's going to be a Christmas party. It's going to be very different. Um, There's only a few guests, so you'll have lots of one-on-one time with us, and we'll be doing some special stuff in and around Mannheim, it's not going to be your typical convention of just going out and seeing people and buying stuff and dealers. It's it's going to be very much more interactive, and it's going to be a lot, lot of fun. And I'm really looking forward to that one as well. Well, I, I'd like to congratulate you because that's uh, pretty amazing. <laughs> and, and, and the fact, I guess, that shows that you have some great fans in Germany for them, you know, for you having another event out there. So, um, right, you know, right after the other one. So, uh, Bill, once again, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, I'd like to wish you continued luck and success in this industry and, you know, many more years for you, uh, my man. And, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm happy. I'll be happy to come back anytime in the future that you ask me. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. You have You're a good welcome. day. You too. Bye-bye. So uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, alienactor.com. That is his website for um, if any of you guys are located in Ohio or North Carolina or even Germany. Uh, you can get to know a little bit more about those events on his website. He has a little sidebar that says upcoming events. You can click on the link and they'll tell you more about the event and how you can get your tickets and so forth. Um, you know, there's 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 links, you can contact Bill through his website, everything is there. So go to alienactor.com uh, for more information on Bill or if you're interested in even hiring uh, Bill for your upcoming film, uh, that is the place to go. So as for us, tune in to, um, to us every day. Uh, yeah, and keep up with us through SashaMarinaShow.com, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all that mumbo-jumbo at Sasha Marina and like our Facebook page, The Sasha Marina Show. Thank you, and uh, bye-bye. Charlie's Philly Steaks, now open at Ohio State, where Phillies are grilled to order and wings made to savor. Intense chef-inspired bold flavors. 
from mild to wild, like Nashville Hot and Dare You Try Angry Ghost. For a limited time, try our grand opening special. Six boneless wings, Texas toast, fries, and a drink, all for $7.99. Come and find us at 18th and High Street, Charlie's Philly Steaks. Always grilling fresh. 